Thanks so much for listening to the Clifton Church of Christ sermon podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope if ever you're in Clifton, Texas, you'll stop by and say hello. We hope you enjoy this sermon. If you haven't been with us the last few weeks, we've been going through a series called Your Will Be Done, talking about prayer. And uh, before I start that, I want to welcome all of you here, and I'm just really thankful that y'all took the time to come. It's great to see familiar faces. It's great to see, as a lot of people have noted, it's been really cool to see the number of faces that weren't here when I started here almost three years ago, and it's, it's just been really cool to see. And any visitors, really especially glad that you're here. And... Um, so, I want you all to think about, when was the last time you were in a bookstore? Because I know bookstores aren't things that uh, are necessarily in vogue right now, uh, with you know, everything becoming more paperless and Kindles and different things, but anybody been in a bookstore recently? Or okay. When I was a kid, if we'd ever go to a bookstore, let's say a Barnes & Noble, I remember I would spend that whole time looking around the store, and whenever it was time to leave, we would, I would probably convince my parents to get one book, you know. Um, but I would think in the car, I am going to start reading a book a day. How many of you can relate to that? Where you're just in a bookstore and you're like just so in awe of all the books. You're like, oh, I want to read that. I want to read that. I want to get so smart. I want to know all this stuff, all this wisdom. Man, I'm going to read all the time. And then, of course, you know, you don't, you don't read all the time. But uh, some of you may not be able to relate to that. But you might relate to when you go into Home Depot and the doors open and that smell hits you and your parents say, okay, we're going to go get our stuff. And I say, all right, dad, I'm going to the tools section. And I look at all the tools and they're all so awesome looking and shiny. And, and you know, I'm looking at, at the checkout aisle, there's these like books that you can buy that say how to build your own house from scratch. I'm like, I think I'm going to buy this book because I'm about to build my own house. How many of you can relate to that? Okay, all right. Some of you, that might be AutoZone. You go into AutoZone, you're like, that's it. I'm gonna rebuild the engine of my car. Okay, another example. Some of you, you might go to Magnolia Market in Waco. You might walk in and you think, that's it, I'm starting my own YouTube channel. I'm gonna start decorating my house with all this stuff. I'm gonna get a million followers and it's gonna be called, you know, that awesome mom on YouTube whose house is perfect and whose life is perfect and everything's great. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, you know, you know what I mean? You, you go into these places and immediately you feel like, that's it, I'm all in, I'm going to do this. Well, today's sermon, I'm going to warn you, is going to be a very simple sermon. So you can all, thank goodness, this is going to be a very simple sermon, but it's an important sermon. And it's something that throughout this series, I knew eventually one of these lessons was going to be on this. When I think about my prayer life, and then whenever I am reading the New Testament, and I am reading the prayers of Paul and other New Testament authors, I often read their prayers, and I feel overwhelmed thinking, I want those to be my prayers. You know, you go into Home Depot, I want to be a builder. I want to be able to do this. You go into AutoZone, I want to be able to fix cars. You go, you know, you have that feeling. I want to be someone who reads. And when I read the New Testament prayers of our fathers of the faith, I think I want to pray like this. Because the way I pray doesn't feel like this. So I debated about using this example, but I'm going to. I'm going to read something. It's going to take a little while to read, but I think as I read it, you'll be glad I read it. <clears throat> it's, it's not the whole thing. It's part of it. 
Fourscore and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us that from those from these honored dead, we take increased devotion to that cause for which they, they here gave the last full measure of devotion. That we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. That this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Does anybody know what I just read? The Gettysburg Address. Part of the Gettysburg Address. That's right, not the whole thing. How many of you, when you read that, you think, I want to be someone who talks like that? You know, I want to be someone that has weight to my passions and my cares like that. I hope you do. I do. I mean, when I read that, I'm like, take me back to where I can be in a time where people speak like that. Now, I know not everybody spoke like that, but Abraham Lincoln wrote like that, and it's inspiring. And so I want you to think about how I'm not telling you that in order for us to be able to pray, we don't have to be able to pray like Paul. There's no, as we've said many times, God looks at the heart, not at your abilities. But I think there's something, I hope, there's something in me, and I hope I can convince you to have something in you that yearns for us to not be people that start with our prayers, where we have our prayers here and they stay like that our whole life but that our prayers grow and mature as we grow and mature. Marshall, at bedtime, he prays for the moon, for moose, and for mama. And, yeah, and rainbows. And his bed. That's what Marshall prays for. And it's so beautiful. Don't you think God loves that? But I hope that when Marshall is 50, God willing, he makes it to 50. That's not how his prayer life is, because I hope he grows and matures. But I know we all sometimes can get into a prayer rhythm where our prayers not do not mature along with us. Following me? So let me read some of these prayers from Paul so that you can see what I mean. If In case any of you haven't read these passages before, or you may be brand new to the Bible and you, you have no idea who Paul is or what his prayers are, we have a, a person who was critical to the advancement of God's kingdom early in our ministry as followers of Christ named Paul who wrote many letters to churches that make up a lot of our Bible and here are some of the things that he prayed for God's people. First Philippian, er, Philippians 1 9 and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, 14-19 For this reason I kneel before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power 
together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how high and wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Those are good prayers, right? And I'm not telling you that you better pray like Paul or you're in trouble. That's not what you should hear. But don't you hear that and think, I want to be someone who can pray like that? That's, my whole sermon's not going to really matter if you don't agree with me on that. I want to be someone that when I close my eyes and I talk to God, whether in public or in private, that there's something that sounds like this. So, let me, let's point out, or don't you want more of this? Very first point, if you're a note taker, ask yourself the question, do you want more of this in your prayer life? What are some of the themes that we saw as we read? If you were listening or following along, I think some of the themes we saw were prayers for growing in love, in knowledge, in wisdom, in depth. We Lots of prayers for strength by God's power. Lots of prayers for discerning what God is doing and how we can join in in God's work. Lots of prayers for being grounded in the awareness of God's love. How can I be more and more aware of the unknowable, incomprehensible love of God? Can I... God, help me have more of that. And so, one of the things that I, I hope you will think about this morning is this question. Do I want more of this? And then another thing I want to shift. So, there's one, one reason I wanted to have this sermon is to say, are we willing to be people that as we go through this series talking about our prayer life, are we willing to be people to think about how we have more uh, prayers that are like this? in our prayer life. But there's also something else, something else that I think is worth mentioning. And it's the fact that often if you look at what I pray for in my prayer life, it revolves around certain things. And when you look at Paul's prayer for himself and for the body of Christ, he is constantly praying for them to be more mature. And this is the next point, point number two, the thing that I think is really important for you to think about is can we be people who are praying for God to mature us? Are we willing to ask God to grow, to shape, to mature us? Because as we've been talking about on Sunday morning, sometimes we get this feeling like, well, once I get to this age, this point in my life, I'm kind of done growing. And yet, Scripture is constantly telling you, no, you're not done. You are going to think things differently than when you were 10. You are going to act differently than when you were 10. And the prayer is that as the world competes for trying to convince you how to live and act differently, the spirit and, and the wisdom of God and the fear of the Lord is also competing to try and convince you to mature towards Him and more like Christ's likeness. And the other one of the things that's important too that I have to mention is so often in church and in 
the way we do this is we often think about, can we people who pray for maturity for me personally? And yet over and over in Scripture, Paul's prayer is less about your maturity and more about our maturity. Let me say that again. Often the prayer in Scripture is less about Drew Ritchie's maturity and it's more about the believers that meet at 203 South Avenue G's maturity. What is, what's the difference, Drew? If we all just get more mature, won't that matter? Not necessarily, because we are a community. And your maturity impacts my maturity. Your care and love and kindness impacts mine. Your sinfulness impacts mine. My sinfulness impacts yours. We have to pray for our maturity. That's something I think is really important. And so if you're willing to say, I want to be someone who prays for maturity, then you need to be warned. And you need to brace yourself. In Luke, Jesus talks about, Luke 14, he says, Which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost of building the tower to make sure that before you start, you have enough to complete it? So I'm telling you, before you pray for maturity, count the cost. Because, as we've said over and over in this church, when you pray for God to give you patience and to give you endurance and to give you strength and to give you hope, He does not magically fairy dust you with patience, strength, and hope. He gives you opportunities in your life to be more patient, to be more, to endure, okay? So you got to remember that. When Paul is praying these things for all these people, give them strength. You know why? It's because he knows if they're really going to mature, then the enemy is coming, then they're going to need this strength because things are going to be happening in their life that are going to test that that are going to make them have to become patient because God's Spirit is in their life as they walk through their difficult tiles, trials, leading them to patience and growing them in their maturity. And so here's the big, so those are the two, and here's the, the third thing that I'm the most excited about trying to communicate. It's the thing that, to me, I just see jumps off the page when I read all of Paul's prayers, which is this. Paul prays, oh wow, there's going to be a lot of, P's in this line. Paul is praying for core prayers. There's a lot of that. Was that an alliteration? Paul prays for core prayers. What do you mean, Drew? What are you talking about? This uh, the, the only example that made sense to me to say. Like I said, it's a, this is a simple sermon, not a complex one. You've heard the phrase before: fish for a man and feed him for a day. Teach a man how to fish and feed him for a lifetime. Right. The premise of that line is: if you take care of that person's daily fish, then you were able to, they were, they're going to be good for that day, but what about tomorrow? You know what I mean? Now, thankfully, we have a Lord who says He gives us our daily needs, but if we pray for a, that fish, we're good that day, but if we teach a person how to fish, we have helped them with something that's going to matter for their lifetime, right? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to articulate this idea that often in my prayer life, I am often someone who prays for peripheral, outside things and I maybe am not as good at praying for core things. But my belief is, is that when we pray for core things, it takes care of the peripheral things. Maybe not takes care of, but it impacts those. Are you following me? I picked a bad day to wear a suit jacket while I'm swinging around. But for example, when Jesus talks about, and he says in Matthew, that the Pharisees are talking to him about how the things that he does with his body are the things that are going to hurt him or that he... In Matthew 5, he says, Are you so, so dull? Don't you see that whatever, you, whatever enters your mouth, whatever you eat, 
It goes into your stomach and then out your body. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these things defile you. Jesus is fully aware that it is our core things that bleed out, and it's not something about all these peripheral things. Those things are the things that are the outpouring of our core things. And so, as we've been talking in class about, with spiritual formation, with growing in Christ-likeness, the success of our growing in Christ is that when the Spirit enters our heart and our life, it will pour out into our peripheral things. And so I'm gonna, I, I try to think of a few examples of this praying for a peripheral thing versus praying for a core thing. This morning at Brookshire's, I went to grab some stuff for our luncheon before going home, and there was no one in line, and a girl named Amy was doing the checkout, and I've tried to befriend Amy, and she looked like she wasn't having the best day. It might have been she was at Brookshire's at you know, 7 a.m., but I said to her, I was walking out, I turned around, I came back and I said, hey, are, are you doing okay? And she did the classic, I could tell you, sure, I'm fine, but I'm, I don't, and so she was like, eh. And I said, well, you don't have to tell me, but is it, is it school, is it family, is it work, is it, and she was like, and I won't say, because it's her business, I'm not gonna tell you. You know, HIPAA violations would probably <laughs> not let me tell you, but I said, well, I'll be praying for that. And one of the things I thought is the thing that she said in my mind, in my heart, was a peripheral thing. Does that mean I'm not gonna pray for it? No, I got in the Ultima and I prayed for Amy and her peripheral thing, but what I wish I could have told her is I said, so let's say, for example, let's say that her thing, it wasn't, but let's say that her thing was, there's a problem where I'm having drama with a relationship, and her prayer was, can you help us not have drama anymore? God, help me not have drama. A core thing to pray for would be for kindness, for selflessness, for patience. Because if you can be more selfless and more kind and more patient, that tends to bleed out into your core relation or your peripheral relationships. You following me? If someone, if you're a high school kid and it's before a game and someone wants to pray, I pray God that we win the game. That's not bad. I don't think God is angry with you. But that is a peripheral thing. But guess what are some of the core things? God, my dad used to always say, God, may we honor you by the way we enjoy the bodies that you've given us to run and play and be teammates. God, may I honor you by the way that I show sportsmanship. And those are core things that can impact when you're driving home, win or lose, you get to say, I'm glad I got to do that today. We can pray for God to give us, God, please give me an answer to this decision I have to make. That's a good prayer to ask, but maybe a core thing is to say, God, I just pray that your will be done in my life. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know where it's going to lead. But if you pray that, then I have a feeling it's going to bleed into, you know what, wherever it ended up leading, I was... I am asking God to let it be part of his will. Please let me be part of your will. God, please let me be someone who trusts you. Those core things will bleed into those peripheral. And then this is something I'll end with, but when Catherine and I were about to have Landry Joe, I remember one of the things talking to her at a restaurant back when we used to go to restaurants and, uh, and when we had more than three restaurants to pick from. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we, uh, Probably we're at Chewy's or something. Even though that's in Waco. Come on, it's not that far away. And uh, we were, I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know, Catherine, I really hope that this baby has a long, healthy life. That doesn't feel like too much to ask for. I know I really hope this baby finds a job or a career that 
that they love to do. And I know that that's, you know, I don't think that's too much to ask for. But Catherine, all those things don't matter to me in comparison to this baby loving Jesus. That is my core prayer for her. I don't, can't control all the other things that are going to happen with my children's life. I wish I could, you know, because then it would be perfect, right, if I could control it. <laughs> but I can pray my one core prayer. I pray that they love Jesus. And this is what my dad would say. My dad would say, I pray that they know how much Jesus loves them. And so whenever you're a teacher in a classroom, whenever you're going through things, we can constantly find ourselves saying, oh, I just wish these kids, I pray that these kids would all like, behave. I pray that these kids would all get along. And all those things are good. I want you to pray those prayers. There's nothing wrong with that. But a lesson that I learned from Paul is, how can I continually get more mature in my prayer life by constantly praying for more core things and less peripheral things? And so in that classroom, the prayer when I walk in isn't, I pray that this kid doesn't mess with this kid. I pray that these kids all get along. I pray that uh, they all learn more. The prayer for me, the prayer, is going to continually come back to more and more God. I just pray that they would know that they are made in your image and that you love them with your whole heart. And that's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit and dwell. And so my commission, my challenge for you today is do not feel like you've got to pray like Paul in order to be someone worthy of praying. That was lesson number one. Jesus looks at your heart. Do not go on babbling like the pagans because they think you'll be heard for your many words. But instead... Pray to your Father who is unseen and who sees what is done in secret. This is how you should pray, our Father who art in heaven. It's about where your heart is when you pray to God, not about how good you are at it. However, my challenge for you today is let's be people who continually get more and more mature in praying and speaking to God about the core things that we want in our life, the core things we want for ourself, our community, our family, and not so focused on some of the peripheral things because when we focus on those core things, I will... I won't promise you because I can't make promises, but I feel pretty confident God is going to show you that those peripheral things, even if they don't get answered the way you want, they will matter less and less to you. If you have any prayer requests, anything that we could be praying for you about, peripheral or core, elders are going to be standing at the doors. And uh, if you need anyone to talk to, so many of us would love to uh, here or at luncheon or during the week while we stand and sing this song.